Welcome to the Dogwood Podcast, a presentation of Dogwood Church. For more information, visit www.dogwoodchurch.org. We hope you enjoy the message. Morning, church. How are you? Good. I hope you've had a good week. Looking forward to a good week coming. And uh, this morning, we're in part two in our Serve uh, series. I'm Jay Vineyard. If I haven't had the opportunity to greet you, I'm one of the associate pastors at our church. And our pastor is going to be back with us next weekend after his study break, so we're excited about that. And I echo uh, Andrew's uh, uh, affirmation on our music. Wow. But I'm one of those guys, you know, you know when they ask us to sing and no, I can't. Are, are you like me that you're kind of vocally challenged and rhythmically you just, yeah, who's in the room that's, that's you, you're with me, okay. All right, we're, we're all going to go that corner from now on, that's us, and we'll make a racket for the church, so. Uh, well, this morning, uh, we're, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So if you want to open your Bibles, turn your Bibles on, or you will find the verses on the screen, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to talk about spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts as related to serving. So if you will, follow along as I read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 1 to verse 7, and Paul writes this, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers... I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service but the same Lord, and all, and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So before um, we get into the sermon, I, I, I wanted to share with you how we came to Dogwood. In 2010, my family and I did what we've never done before, and it was a fearful journey. We actually looked for a church. Now, my background is that as a young man, I was, was in church work. I was hired to work at churches. So anywhere uh, that I would, we would attend, it was because I was hired to go there to serve as one of the pastors or the pastor. And then uh, in 1999, I was asked to work with an organization to help churches uh, in organizational effectiveness and leadership and all this, but we stayed at the church that we were in. And so in 2010, uh, we knew that it was time to start looking. And, and folks, now some of you have done this before, and you're wondering, what's the deal? But buddy, it was stressful. Uh, we first asked a question, said, where are we going to go? And we thought, well, we're just going to go look all over the place in Fayette, Fulton County. And I said, well, let's go to Dogwood. I, I know Keith Moore, and he's a, I've heard of his reputation. And so, so we thought, okay, we're going to go to Dogwood. And the second question we asked was probably the most stressful thing we had to deal with. What do you wear? 
All right, so when you look for a church, what do you wear? And so do we got to wear a tie? Do we wear khakis? Well, khakis you wear anywhere, right? So you wear khakis. Well, what do you wear when you go to Dogwood Church? And boy, that was stressful, so we figured that out. And then we said, okay, now the third thing we want to know is, is are they going to be weird? Now, I've been in a lot of weird churches, and I thought, okay, are they going to be weird when we go there? And so, boy, we went off, and so we pulled up in the parking lot. So, okay, game on. Here we go. First person we met was Bob Bernard as he was driving up in the golf cart. Now, now, if you don't know Bob, he's a guy in the parking lot. He's 6'6", right? You've seen him. And I thought, when he pulled up in the golf cart, I thought, they, they need bigger golf carts around here. It doesn't fit in that thing. And so we came in, and we sat way back in that corner over there. That was a sa- we sat, that, that's safe over there. So we sat there, and uh, so we, uh, we enjoyed the sermon, even, even in, in Karen's musical, so she could clap and sing at the same time. It was all right with her. Uh, I, I made it, and at the end of the sermon, I go, you, you know, we, we like this. And so we said, yeah, we, we really did, and it was, it was something that we enjoyed. But I, I would say to you that we learned something also in that we came in the wrong questions. The first questions we asked is, do we, will we enjoy the sermon and, and the music and will there be ministries for the children? And that's an important consideration. But as I look back, I thought, you know, the better consideration was, what's the mission of the church and kind of God used me there? And so I learned something. And so we, uh, then we asked the question, okay, now how, we, we, we liked it. We said, how do you join? Now, and we didn't go look anywhere else. We liked it, but then again, we didn't want to go through the question of what do you wear if we went to another church. So just stay here. A lot of less stress. So we, we, then we said, okay, how do you join Dogwood? Now, in the traditions that I came from, uh, and some of you remember this, is that to join at the end of the service in a lot of churches, the pastor would stand up front, they would sing a hymn, and you'd have to walk down the aisle, and you kind of say, well, pastor, we want to join the church. You kind of mumble to the pastor, and he'd show you off to the rest of the church. Well, we don't do that here. So we had to figure that out. So, all right, for those who are ready to join, look in the bulletin. You see that little thing called a journey seminar? And there's a belong class. That's what you come to on August 9th. Put your name there. Put it in the offering basket. That's how you join our church is come to that seminar, right? So we did that. And then the big question is, I said, all right, we want to be, we want to serve. Now, you would think, Somebody with my background could figure it out. No. Well, we, we couldn't figure out how do you plug in? How do you serve in this place? And so I went to our pastor and I said, Keith, we, we want to be, you know, we want to plug in and serve. And his response was, Well, Jay, just jump in. I looked around and said, I don't know where the serving swimming pools are all around this place, and I don't know if they'd like me if I jumped in. And of all the questions, I've asked our pastor for advice many times. Of all the things I've asked my pastor advice for, that was probably the least helpful conversation I've had with him. And, uh, and so, I, but we kind of waded our way through, and we, we, we kind of figured it out finally. And then uh, in 2013, the, the fall of 2013, he said, Jay, we want you to, to join our staff. Now, he didn't say it this way because our pastor is too classy of a guy, but let me kind of give you the undertones. 
he basically said, you've been giving me a hard time about this thing about people serving. Go fix it, big boy. You know, that's kind of what he said. But the mandate is this, is that he said, I want 80% of the people in our church serving. I said, yes. And I have absolutely the best job in the world. You, you guys would want my job. It's awesome as I help people find where God could use them the most. And so I'm going to put the big ask. Here's the big ask for this morning. You ready? We're going to ask you to join us in ministry by using whatever God has given you to serve him and the needs of others. That's the big ask. And we're going to help you in that journey. The first thing we did is that we created a seminar called Serve. And what we do in Serve is that you can come. It's a three-hour experience. We talk about spiritual gifts. We talk about life, passion, experiences, all that God has given you. And so if you've already taken Belong, you can take Serve, and you come to that, and then we give you a coach. We get you somebody that will help you figure it out to find where God wants you. And the cool thing is that we want you to try a lot of things. Uh, when, it, when you jump in, you might say, well, this isn't for me. Guys, I've been fired at this church. My wife fired me from, from helping pick in the vineyard. She found I couldn't resist. They were too good. I ate them all. She said, get out of here, man. What are you doing out here? So I've been fired. Uh, but you, it might take you a couple times to figure out where, where you ought to plug in. And then there's the directive, what you can do today. The reason we have the ministry fair outside is to let you go have conversations. Now, now check this out, because I think some people headed out really quick. Please don't see me, because if you go to these tables, we're not at telling you, you've got to sign up that day. This is for you to go and get information about that particular ministry. We want you to visit all of them. Just, just take all, every one of them in, even if you're plugged in. Go visit all those ministries uh, and, and stop at guest services because that's where my wife is in the sun and she's hot. So somebody go talk to her today, okay? And here's the other benefit. If you go by the English as a second language, you can have boba milk tea all the way from China. That sound interesting? Children's ministry upped it. Honey buns. Now, how about that for a motivation to go talk to a table, right? So what we want you to do is just go find that place where, and just spend the time. And the other thing that we'll help you with is the one-on-one conversations. Because this week we've had a number of folks that said, will you just sit down with us and help us talk through it? And absolutely, that would be an incredible opportunity for us just to have these conversations with you to figure it out. So uh, what we want to do is now, after we talk about that, is this go in, what does the Bible teach about serving based on 1 Corinthians chapter 12? And so I want to give you a little bit of background to this passage um, and, and think through uh, what God has to say. Now, did we already read the Scripture? Did we get there already? Okay, just want to make sure because I'm getting old and I forget. So let's think about what does God have to teach us. The background of 1 Corinthians is this. When Paul wrote to this, the church in Corinth, the, 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 the city was probably the most immoral city in that area, which really was a reach for somebody who had that reputation because many cities were way off center morally. And so it was so bad that some of the writers of the day would say things like, not for every man is the voyage for Corinth. 
It was noted for temple prostitution. It was noted for, for immorality at levels that we would have a hard time getting our arms around. And uh, in fact, what happened is that they began these, these pagan religions that would reinforce the immorality. Instead of calling to a higher way of living, they would actually reinforce those patterns of life. And so it was truly a miracle that a church was birthed in this city. But they're at a place where they were, they were struggling. There were a number of disputes going on. There were factions that were building. There were key questions that were, were being asked. And so the, the city of the church leaders were pleading with Paul, said, help us work through these things. And so Paul wrote this book. And so as he wrote this book, he was basically giving them information on how to serve. And so as we think about serving, he, I want to take you through the motivation and ask the question of why should you serve? And you find that at, actually at the end of this, this chapter. And, and as Paul is talking to the church, he says, now, as you use your gifts, let me give you the reason why. And notice the very last sentence in, in verse 31 where he says, and I will show you a still more excellent way. And that leads into the next chapter as he talks about love. And he spends time and he says, you know, he talks about, hey, if you prophesy or if you do this activity and your driver, your motivation is not love, then your serving, your activity is empty. It's worthless. Now, as we talk with you about serving, there are a number of reasons and, and motivations why somebody might step up. You, you might feel guilted into it. You might feel manipulated. Maybe you, you were in a life group and, and your life group leader moves and they leave you, you know, whatever, like that, if that, in that kind of video or, or whatever. But if, you, if you're serving and the, and the reason and the motivation for you serving is not love, you need to stop because God doesn't honor. And now we're not talking about that frilly love that we see on TV. Because Paul goes on and he says, now this is love. And he, in, in chapter 13, he gives a description of this hard sense of love. And he says, that is love. But in the background of serving is our mindset. It ought to be driven by, by the words of God when he says, but God demonstrates his own love for us. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And in a response to what Christ has done for us and our love relationship with him, we step up and we say, I'm going to serve. But we also serve other people. Because in 1 Peter 4, 8, he says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Let me tell you why it's important to love. Because when you serve, you're, you're working with people. Far from perfect people. And at some point, the only thing that's going to keep you going is love for the Lord. That's it. Because it's messy. Have you notice that working with people is messy? And that's why when Peter says love covers a multitude of sins, basically he's saying this, is that you got people that you're living with in church, that you hug and you, you're walking with in church, you worship with them, but they're sinful 
and they got stuff, and the only thing that can cover all that is love. And we're also asking you to give time. And we're busy people. We know that we're busy people. But it comes to where you have to adjust time. And the tra- you know, we talk about compromises life. There's no such thing as compromise. There's only a trade-off. If you say yes, you've got to say no to something else. It takes love. So as he goes into, back into the first part of chapter 12, he wants us to, to help us understand, have a proper understanding of spiritual gifts. And, and in this is a biblical understanding. Now, what was happening is that the, the church leaders had a big question about spiritual gifts because they were being misused. Now, what was happening in the paganistic religions of the day is that they drifted toward the more spectacular. In other words, what would happen is that, that, that when in the pagan phase is that they would work themselves up in an emotional fervor. And at some point, they would just babble nonsensical words. And that was part of their worship experience. And then also they would have those would prophesy, and they had a misapplication because and their prophecy was looking down the road and saying, this is what's going to happen. But understand, biblically, prophecy is foretelling. Prophecy is, is saying, thus saith the Lord in this life situation. And so what was in the church is that they had drifted to the more spectacular they, they, the worship degenerated into experience of frenzy and flamboyance with very little moral substance. Their past was informing their faith. Now, that's a dangerous thing because all of us have a past, a faith past, and sometimes that past can inform us of how faith ought to work instead of our faith informing our past. Does that make sense to you? And so this is the backdrop of, of when Paul is writing this. And there's a key idea, and we're going to show it on the uh, screen, that I want you to walk away from. I, I really like for you to write this down. Here's a key idea. No gift, no ability from God should ever be abused or cause controversy, nor should they be used to promote self. And so if you're stepping into a place of ministry and the focus is promoting you, please don't do that. We're here to promote the kingdom of God. And so what was happening is that they were using these spectacular gifts to promote self. But now understand the spiritual gifts are important. And Paul says, I want you to understand the spiritual gifts. These are, this is an important dynamic in the life of the church. And so he gives us a definition and so our understanding. And so what I want to do is give you a definition that is taken really a compilation of ideas from here, but also in other passages. So as you try to define what is a spiritual gift, it's this. A spiritual gift is a special ability given by the Holy Spirit to every believer at their conversion to be used to minister to others and therefore build up the body of Christ. 
Now, it would seem that in verse 7, that what he's teaching is that at the point of conversion, when you become a follower of Christ, you are given a gift, a spiritual gift. Most of us, uh, as we grow in our faith, realize that there's just there, there's more than one. There, 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 there are a variety of gifts. Now, we're not going to do a deep dive into all the gifts, but if you would like to, uh, you can look at 1 Corinthians 12. We, we've already read some of that, but read the entire, entire chapter. Romans 12, verses 6 through 8, Ephesians 7, and 1 Peter 10 give us a list of the gifts. But as you look at these gifts, let me kind of give you a sense of what are, what are the purposes. Why does God give them to us? And when you look to 1 Peter 4, very interesting passage. Because he talks about it, he says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's variety of grace. And so the idea is that whenever you use a gift, you are to serve one another in the body. And, and what's interesting is as you go into that passage, is that as he talks about serving, that we are to serve by the strength that God supplies. Now, let me stop and just to speak to you about something. Sometimes when God calls you to do some ministry, it can absolutely cause fear to your bones. It can be a terrifying experience. Can you imagine being a small group leader of sixth grade boys? Whew. And as one of our small group leaders, she's stepping up into a new role. She goes, man, this is terrifying. And I said, well, here's the thing. If you're serving out of your own strength, you're all, always are going to come up short. But if God has called you to it, he's going to equip you, enable you to do it. In fact, when we read in verse 7, he empowers you to do it. It's not by your own strength. And so when you are serving, the other idea that of the reason that he gives his gifts is found in 1 Peter 4.11 when he says, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. And so as you're serving, ultimate aim is as I'm doing this, Lord, how am I bringing glory to you? How am I bringing honor to you? And yet another purpose is, is as part of our spiritual growth. Now, we touched on this a little bit last week, but to, to, to continue the thought, if, if you look in Romans 12, Paul talks about that we are, we're to to transform our minds, not to be conformed our thinking, but be transformed. And when people hear this idea of transformation of our thinking, we immediately go, well, that means I need to go to more worship services, or I need to go to a conference, I need to go to a seminar that's going to help me in this. Now, conferences and seminars are important. I've been to many. But at some point, 
It might be we need to stop going to seminars and start serving. It may be the thing that's going to fast forward your spiritual growth is not another seminar, but going downtown and serving the homeless. And so it is a critical part of our spiritual growth. And then you'll notice that it is the edification and the building up of the whole church. In 1 Corinthians 14, verse 12, Paul says, So also you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, seek to excel in building up the church. Which leads us to the idea that ministry is done in the body. I grew up in an age where the televangelists were very popular. I guess that shows you that I'm old. The televangelists were very popular. I mean, they had them all on TV. And, you know, in a, as a young man, I hear people say, well, you know, I'm, I'm just going to stay home and, and basically I'm going to do church in front of the television. I understand that. But the problem with that is that you can't use the gifts to build up the body. And so what we do is that whatever God has given you, how can this be a platform to build up the church? Now, Dogwood Church is a great place. I like it here. How about you? Now, y'all came out a little weaker. 915 crew did a little bit better than you, okay? So let's try it one more time. Dogwood Church is a great place. What about you? You think it's, all right, amen? All right. I, I think y'all just top 915. Good job. But could we be more? What would it look like if 80% jumped in? And the last idea is that as we serve, it brings the conviction and conversion of unbelievers. In 1 Corinthians 14, 20, uh, starting in verse 24, he's, he's, he's talking about prophesying, but he said, if all are prophesying and some unbeliever, uh, uninformed person comes in, he is convicted by all and judged by all. The secrets of his heart will be revealed, and as a result, he will fall face down and worship God, proclaiming, God is really among you. And so here's the bottom line. If we're serving, if we're ministering, we're going to be baptizing every week. People's lives are going to be transformed because of what you're doing at Dogwood Church. That excites me. So as we understand that, then we begin to realize that God's gifts are very diverse and they're all valuable. Notice verse 4, back in, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, I want you to connect to verse 4. Now there are varieties of gifts. That means a bunch of gifts. And that means that I don't have all of them. I just did my, our spiritual gift inventory. Music's in it. Guess what I scored in music? Zero. That's bad, isn't it? But some of you do. So there are varieties of gifts. And what happens is that God brings all the gifts to a church that are required, that are necessary for that church to be all that he wants it to be. And what happens when people don't use their gifts, it's almost like if you've ever broken your hand or your, or your leg and you're, and, you're, and you're having to compensate, and we, so we compensate, but we'll never be everything that God wants us to be. 
We need you. So he says a variety of gifts. And then notice there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And service here has the idea of a variety of ministerial activities. And I want you to hold that thought because I want to do one other thing and come back to it and make an application. And then he says a varieties of activities. So now here's the application for you. Whenever you jump in and you are using everything that God has given you, we want you to be passionate about the ministry that God has given you. Right now, Jeff Noble is out on this porch waiting to sign a bunch of you up to work in children's ministry. He loves it. He loves holding on to those babies. And he's passionate about it. And then others in other ministry areas, those that are involved in a global mission team, are passionate about it. But that's not the whole. And so basically, we need you to be passionate and do a really good job in the, in the assignment that God has given you. And it contributes to the whole so that the church can function as we ought to function. But also by implication of activities. The idea is that the total life is brought into this conversation. Spiritual gifts is part of the journey, and it's a part of, of where you ought to serve, but you're more than just, you know, there are other things other than spiritual gifts. You have a passion. What excites you? You, uh, you have abilities. How are you using that? But also you have experiences. And sometimes they're very painful. Every one of us in this room, at one time in our lives, probably more, are going to have experiences of life that, that's, that's a game changer. Deep, painful life experiences. And we've all gone through them, haven't we? How does God use those experiences for his kingdom? Because I believe that God never wastes a tear. There are some in our church that are involved in a ministry called Grief Share. And Grief Share is something that if you've experienced someone's, uh, someone's died very close to you, it's a ministry for you. The people that have, are leading that ministry, we have a couple of them that lost children. Some that have lost spouses. And they're using that experience in fulfillment of 2 Corinthians chapter 1 where Paul, where Paul talks about that God comforts us in our affliction so that we can comfort those. And so God will use your experiences, your painful experiences of life. You've heard that we started a cancer ministry. You say, well, what, what, what was the reason for that? Well, it started, uh, you know, when my brother had stage four cancer. And for the first time, I've, I've known about cancer. I've ministered to folks with cancer. But for the first time, I got really up close to the full impact of cancer. And I saw for the first time how it not only impacts the patient, but it impacts the family system. 
And as I saw it, I thought, you know, no, no family ought to go through this alone. And so I put a call out. I said, you know, if you would like to join this work, let me know. And immediately 12 people said yes. All of them were touched by cancer at some level. Some of them were, were working that, that area professionally. And the interesting thing is, is I'm hands off now. My job is not to get in there and mess it up because they're running with it. So here's the bottom line for you. you are, some of you are in a very painful place in life. You're hurting. Don't do it alone. We have people here that whatever it is that you're working through, walking through, we have people here that are using all that God has given them to walk with you. Don't do it alone. You might want to go to the pastoral care table and say, you know what, I'm not here to sign up. I'm just here. I need some help. Let them talk to you. Final thought is the idea that all gifts are valuable. When you look at 12.22, it says this, On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And then you skip down to verse 24, which are more presentable parts do not require, but God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it. So as you think through serving, let me ask you, as you look at today's worship service, who was the most important part of today's service? Was it those who led in worship? They're important, aren't they? How about my participation? But do you know the people that are indispensable are those that you'll never see? There are those that come here during the week and they, they get up and scaffolding and they adjust the lights to make the experience and the lighting a, 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 an opportunity to be drawn closer to the Lord. It's people that are in the back of the booth that are running the soundboards, doing things that no one ever sees, ever thinks about they're doing it. It's people that come and they help set up the auditorium. It's people that are in the children's ministry that you'll never see, never see. It's their participation that God honors. You know, when you serve, you will never know this side of heaven, the impact you fully had until you get on the other side. And it's when you get on the other side that you'll hear people, you know, I, I firmly believe people will come up to you and say, look, you, you taught me in middle school. I gave you a hard time, but because you did, I'm here. Because you rocked me in the nursery to allow my parents to go worship, my parents stayed together. I'm the man I am today because of you. You'll never know how God is using you for his kingdom ever until you go. But wouldn't it be pretty cool that when you get there, you meet Jesus, 
He says, come here, I want to show you something. See those people? They're yours. Go celebrate with them. Wouldn't that be a fun day? So unapologetic, we're asking you to jump in. We're asking you to use all that God has called you to give. To help Dogwood be the church that we need to be. To help you in your spiritual growth. To expand God's kingdom in our community. Again. And it might start, a very simple start, is... Um, the start of your spiritual journey. And I'm fully aware that some of you this morning that have worshiped with us, you know, you're not really sure where you stand spiritually. Uh, and you're not sure that you've accepted Christ as your Redeemer, your Forgiver, your, and, and started that journey with Him. And we would love to have that conversation with you. That's the beginning place. And so, on your communication card, why don't you write down, I would like to speak to someone about becoming a follower of Christ. And when we extend the invitation, put that card in the offering basket. And for others, you might want to take the communication card and say, you know, I'm, I'm looking where it's going on in my life. It's time to say yes. I don't know where that is. Jay, help, help me figure it out. We'll get back in touch with you. But let's be obedient to what God has called us to be. Will you pray with me? So, Lord, this morning we've come and we've sung, sung songs and we've worshipped. We've encountered your presence. And, Father, I pray for individuals in the room that um, they really aren't sure what it means to be a follower of Christ, but they have an interest we pray that today would be that start of their journey. And Lord, I'm prayerful for people that have examined and thought about serving. They're ready to jump in. Father, maybe today the day that will change their lives. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information about Dogwood Church, visit www.dogwoodchurch.org.